0: Tonight, we're going to have uh, Pastor Ryan and myself, and we're going to have kind of a conversation, and uh, you guys are going to get to listen while we're having a conversation, kind of. That's how we're going to try to do this. This is kind of new, so we're all learning together here, so bear with us, all right? Oh, man. The presence of God is good, what what Ryan shared earlier. That's true. If you If you'll just close your eyes even right now and just close your eyes right where you are just close your eyes and say lord come near just to yourself lord come near lord come near you know what happens he comes near when we focus on him and when we when we draw near to him it says that he'll draw near to us it's literally he's always only a breath away. He's always with us. He's always only a breath away. No matter where you are, no matter what situation you're in, if you just say, Lord, come near. I need you near. He'll come near. And you can sense his presence no matter where you are, whether it's in a, in a traffic jam on a freeway or whether it's in your, in your room at home or Anywhere else, you can sense his presence and you can feel his presence. He's always with us. He said he'd never leave us or forsake us. He says he'd never leave us, that's he'd never leave us. Forsaking means to turn your heart away. So a way to think about that is to say he'll never leave us nor turn his attention away from us. His, his attention, his desire is always toward us us wow his eye is on the sparrow it says in the song his eye is on the sparrow and i know he watches me see it says that he has the number of your hairs the hairs on your head numbered and for some of you bald guys that's easy but for some other people it's pretty difficult okay there's a lot of hair up there for some people see and he says he has them all numbered That's how intricately he's interested in every single aspect of our lives. He's always close. He's always near us. He's always with us. And when Jesus left, he says, I won't leave you as orphans, but I'm going to send you a comforter. The parakletos, the Greek word, means one that comes along. Come over here, Ryan, if you would. Come here a second. The parakletos. And what the parakletos does, put up your arm, it says, he comes alongside and lifts us. That's what a paracleta. So what I'm thinking is the Holy Ghost must be short because he comes up under our arms and goes like this. He's a lot taller than me, so I can do that easy with him. And that's the, that's the, the picture of what Jesus said. He said, I won't leave you as orphans, but I'm going to send you a comforter one, the paracletas, the one that will come alongside you and lift you. You know, anybody ever see somebody on a sports field and they turn their ankle? What happens? Somebody comes alongside of them and they come up under their arm and they help them, right? And they help them off the field. That's what the Holy Spirit does with us. If we let him, he'll come up alongside of you. He'll saddle up right next to you and just kind of nuzzle up under your arm. And you can put your arm around him and he'll help us as we walk through life. So you're not here as orphans, you're not here alone. He'll never turn our heart away from us. There's more to serving God, there's more to being a follower of Jesus than rules and regulations, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. There's more to it than that. And when I grew up, I grew up in a a great home, I had great parents. but there was a lot of thou shalt nots and that's about it growing up and I thought God was uh, somebody who just didn't want me to have any fun and then when I met him when I was 22 really I realized you can have a whole lot more fun if you serve Jesus and if you don't serve Jesus serving Jesus is the best life there ever could be it's a great life to serve Jesus with your whole heart. Now, you know what stinks? You know what stinks? Is having one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. That stinks. You're going to get hurt if you do that because they're going in different directions. And eventually, you're going to get hurt because it's going in different directions. And if you have one foot in both worlds, you're going to end up doing the splits, and that's painful. See, but what's comforting is when you have both feet full on in God's kingdom, it's the best life there ever could be. It's a great life. It's a life that's filled with joy. No matter what happens, you're going to be okay. I mean, all hell can come against you, and you're still going to be okay. Why? I was with someone recently, and I said, here's the reality. This, this particular, there's, I've been with a whole bunch of people like this lately, but... Uh, a couple times I've had to, had to deal with this in the last week. Folks that have had very, very bad medical reports, you know, metastasized and you're, you're going to die. That's what the medical, the medical uh, establishment, the doctors and so forth, have said that you're going to die. There's no hope. There's no way to go. And the first thing that we have to do whenever somebody gets a report like that is you have to deal with the fear of death. And the way that we deal with the fear of death is not by running away, it's by facing it hat on and saying, What's the worst thing that could happen to you right now, Ryan? What's the worst thing? He said, If I died. But what would happen if you died? I'd be with the Lord. And you'd be in indescribable glory on streets of gold, meet Jesus face to face, meet all your relatives that have gone on ahead of you, and you'd be rewarded in indescribable glory with no devil, no evil, no pain, no sorrow, no tears. And that's the worst thing that can happen to you. So even when everything is hopeless, there's still hope. Because the worst thing that can happen to you is actually maybe the best thing that can ever happen to you also. All at the same time. And that's the dichotomy. That's the the inverse nature of the kingdom of God. Up is down, down is up. Because the worst thing is also the best thing. So when Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Fear not, for I go to prepare a place for you. He wasn't joking and he wasn't talking about an allegory. He was being serious. Jesus did go to prepare a place for us. And he sent the comforter, the paraclete. When he left, he sent the Holy Spirit here to be his presence on the earth in us. Jesus said, I will be with you and I shall be in you. That's what it says It's scripture. I will be with you and I I am with you and I will be in you. So today, if you've made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, it's like the old Prego commercial for spaghetti sauce. It's in there. So the Holy Ghost, he's in there, right? It's in there. He's inside of us. The Holy Spirit's inside of us. So is this series, we're going to be really just delving into and really going forward in how to integrate and realize that the Holy Spirit wants to be involved in every aspect of your life. He wants to empower you, to give you ideas, to give you insight in every situation that you're in. So you're facing a, a situation, maybe it's a contract, or maybe it's an offer on something, or maybe it's, you want to um, purchase something, you're not sure if you should do it. You know what? Holy Spirit wants to be right there with you and give you confirmation and help you, lead you, guide you, teach you, and be with us no matter where we go. and No matter what we do, he wants to help us. Holy Spirit wants to be there with you. But here's the reality. The Holy Spirit will not go where he's not welcomed. So if you say, I got this, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes we, especially guys, I'm talking to you, you feel like, oh, should I pray about this? And you think, nah, I got this. God's too busy. I'll handle this by myself. I would encourage you to let the Holy Spirit lead you even in the most seemingly unimportant areas of your life. Just let them help you. Just let them help you. Take the help, guys you like, I'm a guy. So directions are for other people, right? All the guys said amen. Um, those assembly directions, they're for people who don't know how to do things. I'll just you know, try it on my own first, mess it all up, and then go back and look at directions, right, when I have access parts. But what he wants us to do is he wants us to let him lead us no matter what part of it we're in. So what we're going to do is we're going to explore... The gifts of the Holy Spirit, how he wants to flow and help others. We're going to talk about why it is that we need the Holy Spirit. You know, you remember, this is, this is the week. This is Holy Week. If, you, if you're paying attention to the Catholic channel, this is Holy Week, right? Every once in a while, I flip through and watch the Catholic channel just to see what Sister Mary Margaret Martha is doing. And uh, there's some good stuff on there sometimes. Sometimes it's pretty weird, but... It, sometimes there's some pretty good stuff. So I was listening to a sermon the other day on the Catholic channel, my son walks in, he goes, what are you doing? I go, They're actually, that's a good sermon this, this guy's having right here. And then the next thing, it was like got all ritualistic and stuff, and I went, ooh, this is kind of strange. So I changed the channel. But there's some good stuff in there. And this is Holy Week. They, really, they do a really good job of celebrating Holy Week. I'll, I'll say that. All the Catholics, that, that's awesome. They do a great job with celebrating Holy Week. This is Holy Week. This week, tomorrow is called Monday Thursday. M-A-U-N-D-Y. It's not Monday Thursday. They weren't confused. It's called Monday Thursday. M-A-U-N-D-Y. And it's the night that Jesus was betrayed. The, the week, the Holy Week that we're in right now, the night that Jesus was betrayed, Peter was in the garden and actually the night that Jesus was betrayed, Peter said to Jesus, I will be with you. I'll follow you anywhere. I will die for you. That's what Peter said to Jesus. And then some, after they arrested Jesus the night he was betrayed by Judas, you know what happened? that somebody asked Peter, you know, I'll, I'll know the story, somebody asked Peter, weren't you with the Galilean Jesus? He said, no, that wasn't me. And somebody else, and then somebody else asked him, Peter, weren't you with Jesus? Aren't you one of his disciples? He goes, no man, it wasn't me. And then finally somebody says, we know it was you. You were with Jesus. So he actually curses and, and he drops some naughty words and then says he wasn't with Jesus and he went away and whipped, wept bitterly. So the night, the same night, Peter didn't, said he was gonna willing to die for Jesus, but yet not a matter of hours later, he denied that he even knew Jesus. Right afterwards, big chicken, right? I was like, you big chicken? You just said you'd die for him and now you're running away. Denying that you even know who he is. Fast forward, the resurrection happens. Jesus is resurrected. He talks to Peter. He says, go Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But stay in Jerusalem and abide there until the Comforter comes. So they, they're staying in, staying in Jerusalem. They're sitting in an upper room. This is post-resurrection, post-ascension, and they're waiting for the day when the Holy Spirit falls. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came, and he fell. And they all were, were baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire, just like Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 says. It says John the Baptist said that when Jesus came, he was going to baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire the Holy Spirit and fire. So that happened in Acts 2-4 when the Holy Spirit came. And Peter stood up on that day. Peter stood up. How do you open this thing? Can you open that for me? Peter stood up on that day of Pentecost. And he stood up and he said, Jesus of Nazareth, whom you crucified... He was the Lord of glory. He is resurrected, and you crucified him. He was all bold, and he was all, he, was all, he was all bold. And you know what happened? The Holy Ghost took the chicken out of Peter. That's a chicken. That's a rubber chicken. The Holy Ghost came on Peter, and he became a witness. This same guy that denied that he even knew Jesus stood up in front of thousands of people and proclaimed and told them, you crucified the Lord of glory. And they said, what shall we do? He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, and receive the Holy Spirit. So what happened to Peter? How did Peter go from a chicken to the bold man who had 3,000 people get saved one day and then a week later had 5,000 more get saved, stood up in front of thousands upon thousands of people with absolute boldness, you know what happened to him? The Holy Ghost took the chicken out of Peter. And the Holy Ghost will take the chicken out of you too. The Holy Ghost will just flat out take the chicken right out of you. That's my children's church message there from about 30 years ago. The Holy Ghost wants to take the chicken out of you because that's one of the reasons Jesus sent the Holy Spirit It's so that we wouldn't be big chickens and denying him and, and saying we don't even know him when in fact we do know him. So why do we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? You need to get the chicken taken out of you, number one. You need to receive boldness and power. In 1 Samuel chapter 10 Samuel says to Saul, I'll just read it for you, 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 6, it says, the Spirit of the Lord, this is Old Testament, now we have a new and better covenant, this is Old Testament, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man, Ooh, I like that. How many of y'all like that? I like it when God says, I'm going to turn you into another man. You can be that chicken Peter, or you can be the bold man Peter. He turned him into another man. Even in the Old Testament, it says the Spirit of the Lord is going to come on you, and you're going to be turned into another man. That's a beautiful thing. So I'm just trying to get you all excited about, man, I want the Holy Ghost. I want the chicken taken out of me. I, I want power. I want to be turned into another more powerful person because that's what the Holy Spirit will do in your life. He'll turn you into another person. He'll turn you into somebody that you wouldn't even imagine you could be. You know, when I was in high school, I I couldn't stand up in front of people. Pastor Dwayne, he'd stand there when he was. He told me when he was in high school, he'd stand there and try to do speech class and. And practically fall over, he was so shaken so much. But God, the Holy Ghost, turned him into another man. Me too. Ryan too. See, the Holy Spirit wants to turn us into a whole other person. Not that you're a bad person on your own. He wants to turn you into a better version of yourself. Amen. So let's talk about. We're going to talk just to start tonight to introduce and ch- kind of start out the process between Ryan and I. Right now, I've been doing all the talking. I realize that, but it's a good word. <laughs> keep preaching. So the uh, we want to talk about. We want to talk about his gifts because a lot of times there's there's a lot of confusion about the gifts of the spirit. So we're going to do a quick review on the gifts of the spirit. So, yeah. so, go ahead.
1: boldness is just one thing that Pastor Bernie was talking about. And uh, even when he was telling that story really quickly, I uh, had my chicken moment. Um, when, I, when I first came to the Lord and, and I was starting to learn some of this stuff, we were, we were setting up for an old school tent revival uh, downtown Grand Rapids. And uh, they, had, they brought in people from out of state, and they had a bishop that was the spiritual covering over, over the whole Thing and everything, and and we had prayer night before the night of the actual meeting, and and so there's there's people there, they're on their knees, they're wailing, they're bawling, they're repenting before the Lord, and and on behalf of the city, and all kinds of stuff is going on, and I'm standing in the back, I didn't really know too many people, and and um, everyone's up front, I didn't know protocol, right, and that's that's kind of a good thing sometimes, but um, so I, I heard I heard from the Lord that the the bishop that was over this whole prayer meeting, um, there was something wrong with his throat. And uh, I was like, okay, what am I supposed to do about that? Like, I, I can't do anything about that. So I knew what he was telling me. He was telling me to go pray for him. But I had a, a chicken moment where I was like, okay, Lord, if, if you really want this to happen, I'm going to write it down on a piece of paper. And I'm going to hand it to somebody that can pray for him. So that's exactly what I did. I, I wrote it down and, and handed it to this person. And then I just kind of watched what happened. And it never happened. And I remember walking away from that moment, and I got back to my car, and all of a sudden my heart just kind of went it turned. And I just felt this, this grieving. And it, it was so evident that I noticed it, and I was kind of asking God what was going on. And in that moment, he showed me th- pretty much the, the lesson he was teaching me was to remove myself from the situation. It's his heart for that person that matters and so the, the very next day, the very next day after I drew near to him in that moment, I saw the bishop again, and he came walking up, and I looked at him. I was like, Lord, he's like, yep, here you go. <laughs> it's, it's your moment. And so I walked up to him, and I just told him, I said, hey, man, I got I to confess something. I, I heard a word last night, and I wasn't obedient about it, and uh, I just wanted to tell you about it. I didn't pray. I told him I wasn't obedient about not praying, so still trying to chicken out of it. And uh, he looked at me, and I'll never forget, you know, this tall guy. And he looked at me, he said, well then, be obedient. And uh, so, so I was like, all right, prayed for his throat. He told me that I heard correctly. He had an upper GI system, whatever. Years later, saw him, and uh, he was doing great. So in that moment, that's just a, a quick example of that boldness. That, that we have access to out of relationship with the Lord. And so that's the foundation. We're laying a foundation tonight. Boldness is not the only thing. There's many other things. And when we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, we're talking about more than boldness. And, and we have a slide that we can put up. There, there are, are different lists in the Bible when we talk about gifts of the Spirit, but there's only one particular list that we're going to highlight um, Right now, and over the next several weeks, and I love how you explain it. we were talking about this just a minute ago, and I love how you explain that, and, and if you want to just talk about the gifts we 're going to talk about and how they fit together, mm-hmm. that's beautiful.
0: Well well, in Romans chapter twelve there 's a list called the motivational gifts, and they 're more based on personality and gifting and, and maybe some, some aptitudes. And uh, like, there's a gift of hospitality. There's a gift of generosity, and 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 there's like teaching, encouraging, giving, leading, mercy, prophecy, serving. Serving could also be um, hospitality in some translations. And those are more aptitudes or leanings that you have. So you can look up there and you can say, well, what what really you know, how do you like to serve the Lord? And somebody says, well, I just like to help the hurting. Well, you have a mercy gift. That's what you have. Okay. Well, I, I just, I can't stand it when things aren't led properly. You probably have a leading gift. Okay. I just want to give money away. Well, you have a giving gift or you want to help people. That's a giving gift. Encouragement is you're always walking around telling everybody it's going to be Okay. And uh, teaching and serving and prophecy those are those are motivational gifts and they're, they're, they're more aptitudes they're more uh, generalized to the person and then there's the, the Ephesians four ministry gifts, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher they're offices and those are gifts to the body of Christ but they're to lead the body of Christ. They're actually ministry gifts, and they're put there to lead the body of Christ. The motivational gifts are to serve pretty much the body of Christ, and then there's the gifts of the Spirit that we're talking about from 1 Corinthians 12, and they're most of them, all but one of them, is for the world and the church and they're used by the, op- the offices and they're used by people with motivational gifts from Romans 12, but they're also as the Spirit wills. But they're for other people. The gifts of the Spirit aren't for you. The gifts of the Spirit are for other people. So if you have a, a gift of prophecy or a gift of of, of encouragement, but the encouragement would be the Romans 12 one, but the, a gift of prophecy, which is really edification or, or encouragement, it could have something to do with the future, or if you have a word of knowledge, or if you have a, a gift of healing, or a gift of maybe of working of miracles. But see, the thing is, that way the gifts of the Spirit work is there is as He, Jesus, the head of the church, as He wills. So the gifts of the Spirit are, you may flow in the gifts of the Spirit, you may have a particular gift of the Spirit that you're um, generally used to or you have the faith to be used for, but it's not your gift. It still belongs to Him. It's the gifts of the Spirit. They're not your gifts. They're the gifts of the Spirit, and they're always as He wills, and they're always for other people. So you might have a, a word of knowledge that somebody's got a, a problem or a, something in, in, in their body and God wants to heal it. Well that is a coupling of the word of knowledge and the gift of healing working together. There are other times there you might have a, a dream uh, warning someone of an issue and that would be the gift of prophecy or maybe the word of wisdom and it's coupled with protection and safety but it's going to be as he wills. God leads us in different ways. But those gifts are always as he wills and they're for other people. The only gift of the Spirit that is really for you is your prayer language. And your prayer language is to build up your most holy faith praying in the Holy Spirit. That builds yourself up. You edify or you build yourself up when you pray in the Spirit or pray in tongues. That is to build up yourself. All the rest of the gifts are for other people. They're to bless other people.
1: So. so that's what we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks. And, and now we kind of want to address why. Like, why, why should we even want this in our life? Well, the purpose of the gifts are, are calling cards of evangelism. They really are. It's, it's an easy open door. If you were here to, to hear Randy at all, I mean... How easier is it to introduce the kingdom of heaven to walk up to somebody, have a word of knowledge for healing, or pray for them to be healed, and all of a sudden have them have a face-to-face, real-life encounter with with the Lord Jesus, the one who died for them? I mean, it's a calling card of evangelism. It's a demonstration of power, but ultimately, it's to show believers and unbelievers that um, they are known and that they're loved. Because we have a God, one of his characters, characteristics, one of his key traits is love. He's life, he's love, and he's light. And it's a demonstration of his love. And if, if we look at um, 1 Corinthians 13, it's, it's really interesting. How many have ever heard of 1 Corinthians referred to as the love chapter, right? We hear that all the time. Lori, you've been here a long time. You've probably heard that all at the love chapter. Yep. All the time. And when do we usually hear about the love chapter? Weddings. Weddings, right? Has anyone ever read the love chapter before the wedding verse? Anyone? They're actually, it's true, they're true characteristics, but they're actually talking about the spiritual gifts and specifically prophecy. First, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 says, If I speak in human or angelic tongues but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give away all my possessions, and if I give over my body in order to boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. And then it goes into love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, love is not boastful, is not arrogant, rude, and continues to talk about all the ways in which love shows up. And these are all the attributes of the Father. And when we demonstrate his power, when the Holy Spirit demonstrates his power through us, we're demonstrating the character and nature of God, especially that part being love. So that's the why. That's why we should want to see these things activated
0: in our lives. If you look at Jesus, I love the interaction of Jesus and the woman at the well. Y'all remember Jesus and the woman at the well? He gets up there and he says, Hey, can I have a drink of water? He's just starting a conversation. Hey, can I have a drink of water? She goes, Sure. And he goes, If you knew who I was, you'd ask me for a drink of water. And I'd give you a drink and you'd never have to thirst again, for out of your belly would flow rivers of living water. And she goes, How can you give me water? You don't have any. She starts arguing with him, right? And then As soon as he starts, as soon as she starts arguing with him, he says, go get your husband. And she goes, I don't have a husband. Okay, so he says, yeah, you speak right. You've had five, and the man you're with now is not your husband. You know what that is? That's called a word of knowledge. That's a word of knowledge. Jesus functioned in the word of knowledge right there. He says, yeah, I know you, you. You speak right. You don't have a husband because you've had five, and the one you've got right now is not. And she goes, "Oh, I perceive you're a prophet." And then she wants to start arguing with again. And the bottom line is, Jesus functioned in the word of knowledge many times throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He functioned in the working of miracles. He functioned in in the word of knowledge, in the word of wisdom. He functioned in prophecy. He functioned in healing jesus functioned in all the gifts of the spirit because he had the spirit without measure now we have the spirit with measure but he wants to use us still in the gifts of the spirit understand if somebody says what would jesus do you know what you can tell them jesus would heal them that's what because jesus every person that jesus came in contact with that asked him for healing he healed them he never turned one person down so what would jesus do he'd probably have a word of knowledge and then heal him. That's what Jesus would do, so be like Jesus. And can you imagine showing up that way for somebody else? Uh, most of us, how many
1: have heard Pastor Ken's testimony about the cancer battle that he, he had gone through? Um, he's a worship leader here if you don't know who he is. Uh, this was well before he had announced anything was going on. I was praying and, and I saw a picture of him with a tug of war rope. And uh, he was pulling on the tug of war rope And then all of a sudden, I saw him just let go of the rope and start laughing. I had no idea what that meant, no idea whatsoever. And uh, I saw him one day in the hall, and I just said, hey, man, I have no idea what this means, but here's this picture that I saw of you, and and I saw you just letting go of the rope and uh, laughing, and I, I I feel like that's an encouragement to you, to whatever it is that that rope represents to, to drop it and just count on God's joy. And, in Pastor Ken fashion, he doesn't say anything, he just looks at you and goes, hardest guy to read, hardest guy to read. Well, fast forward to the phone call that he got when he found out that he had cancer and uh, he walked into the bathroom and in the face of everything, he's looking at himself in the mirror And he just smiles. He just smiles. I had no idea what that word meant to him. But he knew. He knew what it meant. And that's one of the amazing things. We have access to the kingdom of heaven right here on earth and all the power that comes with it. So, I guess,
0: we aren't here just to tell you about it. We're here to say, okay, how do we start doing this? How do we do this? Don't don't offer, don't talk about something, and then don't offer it to us. Okay, so I would say to you, if you have, we're just going to go right into activation here, and that is, if you if you want to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, that which is the promise of the Father, and it's the The beginning of the supernatural life that God wants for you. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is the beginning point. It's the starting point for a miraculous life of exciting ministry. And no matter where you go, you're there. But when you have the Holy Spirit with you, and when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are empowered to do and to face whatever it is you need to face. And if you want to receive that tonight, we're going to have um, some people over here, and we're going to, you come down this side over here, and if you want to get filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, you come right over there, and we're going, to, we're going to pray over you. We're going to lay hands on you, and here's what I would say to you. Whoever asks, this is the words of Jesus. He said, so I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be opened. Anyone, everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks finds, to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread, which father among you will give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, who will give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will you get a scorpion? If you then, being natural humans, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So, How do you get the Holy Spirit? How do you get filled with the Holy Spirit? How do you start this supernatural life that we're talking about? How does it begin? You ask. That's literally what it is. You ask. You just say, Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Ghost. Baptize me in the Spirit. I want to receive the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter, you know, how you say it. But that's what is offered. So if that's you, I encourage you, get out of your seat, come over here. We're going to lay hands on you. We're going we're gonna to lead you in a simple prayer, and you're going to get filled with the Holy Spirit. You know how I got filled with the Holy Spirit? It was 11 o'clock on my sister's couch, 11 p.m., and she said, you need power. And I go, I do, you're right. And so I, she says, well, Jesus wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. I didn't know anything. I didn't know what that meant I didn't know anything about it I didn't know anything about what I just talked to you about but I said well I want whatever power you've got because you're going through all kinds of bad stuff and you're still happy and you got victory and I don't have half the problems you got and I'm miserable so I need something that you got that's, that was what I said to my sister. She laid hands on me, and she started saying some words that sounded like Swahili to me. She was speaking in tongues. And she laid hands on me, and I felt the presence of God come on me, and I felt his power come on me. I didn't speak in tongues right away. It took me about a month to get my, my brain figured out and for me to yield to him took me about a month. You can receive it tonight. You can receive the Holy Spirit. You can receive your gift of speaking in tongues tonight. It's just a matter of asking and receiving. It's a gift. You don't have to earn it. It's a gift. If I wanted to give you something, all you got to do to receive it is just receive it. I would say the same thing about the Holy Spirit. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? You just take it because it's offered. It's a free gift. So if that's you, I want you to come and just come now. Whoever wants it, come down over here. Maybe there's some of you says, well, I already prayed to receive the gift. I already prayed, and I didn't speak in tongues yet. You know what? It took me quite a while to get figure this out and get it all done. But you know, there's no condemnation in that. I still was, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, didn't speak in tongues yet. But if you've prayed to receive the Holy Spirit and haven't ever spoken in tongues, you come over here and we're gonna release our faith with yours to release that gift in you. And I believe that you can speak in tongues tonight in the next few minutes here. So it's not hard. And I just encourage if, if some of you are here, say, I haven't ever spoken in tongues because uh, I've asked for it and I haven't got it yet. That's fine. There's no worries. Just come down over here. We'll we'll agree with you over here. And there's no condemnation. There's no, no problem with that. God does not honor lukewarm requests. He wants us to seek him. If we seek him with our whole heart, then we'll find him. So today, man, just seek it with earnest expectation and seek it with your whole heart and you'll get it. It's not hard, just receive it. So to close your eyes if you would. I'm gonna ask if there's any here that have never made Jesus Lord of your life. If you're online and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, today's the day. Today you can make him Lord of your life. If you say to me, I have never made Jesus Lord of my life and I wanna make, I wanna serve him. I wanna give my life to Jesus tonight. If that's you in here or if that's you online, I want you to hit the raise your hand button online and we will pray with you right there. But if there's anybody here and you say, I want to I wanna make Jesus Lord of my life, if that's you, lift up your hand right now. We're going to pray with you. And you could pray a simple prayer and be born again tonight. Anybody here in here? All right. Well, I'm going to pray. I believe there's somebody online and I believe they're praying with us right now. So pray with me if you would. And in the room here, pray with me. Say, Father God. I thank you that you sent Jesus. Even this week we celebrate it, that he died on a cross and he paid for my sin. I receive forgiveness for every wrong thing I've ever done. I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to fill me with your love. Fill me with your spirit. And I ask you to lead me and guide me into all truth. Thank you for a hunger for your word and that, Father, I know the truth and the truth will make me free. I thank you that you love me, that you have a great plan for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you. God bless you. We're going we're to let you go here. And we're going to continue to minister to these over here. If you'd like to stay, we'd love to have you stay and pray with us. But if you would like to leave, you're free to go. Have a great week. We'll be back here next week. We're going to continue.